Welcome to Think Smart, Act Smart, a podcast project of Partners in Shaduchim, where everyone is networking to make Shaduchim. Join our monthly dating podcast series and don't miss out on wise and practical advice from experienced people in the field. Enjoy fascinating compilations of interviews with the many people involved in the Shidduch process who have a story to tell of action and success. These interviews include the actual singles who've gotten engaged on Partners in Shaduchim, Shadchanim, dating coaches, Rabbanim, parents, and more. This week, episode number 12, represents Zlata Press, a longtime principal of Benoslea Presto Park Yeshiva High School in Brooklyn, will be speaking about, does the idea of Bashert impact your decision-making? How much time and effort do you need to invest? Should you push the Shidduch forward or simply wait and see? And perhaps the most difficult is when, if ever, should you compromise on your list if you're not seeing any success. I was asked to offer a few remarks, things that I said before to Bailey Niva. She, was asked, she asked me to say if you make a few remarks on, on the subject of, of adult singles. I do it with tremendous hesitation and tremendous modesty. Only, only the people in that situation know the journeys they've made and the issues they've had and you know, the, the realities of their lives. There are two things that I know from my own experience, and these are the things I'd like to share with you. Number one, I am deeply moved and in awe of the richness of the life that the adult women I know, the unmarried adult women I know, have built. They have networks of close friends and family ties. They have networks of accomplishment, of of a world that adores them, that will come to their aid for anything and everything. They are, they are valued, they are loved, and they are contributory to Klal Yisrael. They're making very, very powerful and real contributions. Now, obviously, because I'm in the world of Chinuch, most of the women I do know are also in the world of Chinuch with me. But I think one, I, I mean, I assume that any of us who know these women know exactly what I'm talking about. But I think one has to be able to acknowledge the richness of their lives and the contribution of their lives without the implied crafts of, I don't see anything chaval about the lies that they're reading. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say comes from uh, an experience I had many, many, many years ago when I was invited to be a speaker at a conference for the parents and the Shatchanim who were working on Shaduchim for, for adults. And as you can imagine, not only were their parents there and Shatchanim there, but they were adults themselves. And there were many adult men in the audience. I talked a little bit about my own life. And I talked about the fact I just mentioned that I had proposed to my, to my husband. He was close to 30. He was uh, nervous about marriage. He had reason to be, given, 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 you know, given what he had seen around him. And um, I, I proposed. I pushed it. I have to tell you, there was a spontaneous sigh of longing that wafted up from the men in the audience. Over the years, I have said to women sometimes, well, why don't you propose to him? And the look of shock on their faces, as if that was the most remote thing they could imagine. They imagine somehow that if you propose to a man, he's going to spend his life regretting, resenting, double-guessing. My experience is exactly the opposite. Sometimes men are yearning for marriage every bit as much as the women are, can't for whatever reason get themselves over the final hump. Their gratitude at the woman who saves them will be expressed for the rest of their lives. So um, I, I, 
and not just I'm not just generalizing from my personal experience. I'm telling you, in that room, there was such a palpable sigh of oh, how I wish that someone could save me from my own inability to get over that final hump. And that's um, you know, and and that's my second that's my second observation. I do have a third observation, which is a little bit connected to the first, and that is having spoken to a number of single graduates of mine, and these are not older singles, these are singles, you know, in their, you know, somewhere, somewhere in their mid to late 20s. And their need to hold on to the life that they've built for themselves is a very strong need. They do want to get married, they want to get married very much, but, but they have built a very, very um, rich life for themselves, professionally, personally, they're comfortable in the city where they're living, in the community, with the friends they have. They're living with their families, doing their jobs. And I think that sometimes you have to acknowledge, you have to recognize that, that to, to get married, you have to want to be married very much. And I would almost go so far as to say more than anything else. It's not easy, I think, to abandon the identity. And, you know, it's not easy to pick up and say, okay, whither thou goest, I shall go. Um, and sometimes that and, and I think you have to be honest about this yourself and to say, look, I like very much the world. I built myself the life I built for myself. And, it's, you know, I, there's no one to blame here except that I'm not, I'm not willing to throw it o- over and abandon it. And I think there has to be that kind of an honesty um, and, and self-evaluation as well. Anytime I talk and I think that my words are going to be heard by adult singles, I have such a sense of modesty, trepidation, humility, and I hope that anything I say has been taken, you know, with an understanding in that vein. Reverend uh, Press, could we build on the topic that you spoke about before, your personal story, where you proposed, and the uh, world that we live in today, culture that, we're, that we live in, that, but the women don't know how to wrap their head around taking over that role. Even though the concept of women's lead today is that we should be equal, Imagine the young lady who's excited by what you're saying, and she has nowhere to go. Where how does she okay. turn within herself? So okay. first of all, I, I want to tell I want to tell everyone something. I want to recommend something to everybody. Uh, there is a book that I've read. I don't know if it's still in print. I certainly know that uh, Shaya Astrov, who is the social worker who wrote this book, is very much is very much working today. He's, he has a you know he has a he has a real practice. Um, the book he wrote was called The Inner Circle, Seven Gates to Marriage. And it's a book of deep, deep, deep respect for the reality of the lives of adult, of adult unmarried people and, and a guided tour in how to create conversations that build intimacy from date to date. Every single one of us starts with our personalities. Some are more outgoing, some are more secretive, some are more formal, and some are, you know, and some are more formal. The process is simply a process of bringing out the best in the person you are dating in a, in a gradual kind of way so that they absolutely shine. There's one other thing, which I won't quote the Rav by name. He's a prominent Rav, and I can't imagine. He has a, I, I just I, I never can be sure that I'm quoting exactly accurately. But I do remember somebody asking him, um, how, many dates, how many dates can one legitimately go on before one has to call it quits? And he said, if there, is, you know, if there is juice to the relationship, a thousand dates. There are no numbers. I sometimes find that with young, young women, again, I'm talking about those of my graduates who come back to talk to me, 
They're afraid of hurting him. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to disappoint him. You know, in Shaduchim, all that you can lose is your pride. And pride is painful, but it's ephemeral. It has no, it has no, it's not money. It's not health. It's not, it's, it's not anything. It's there. Go for broke. If, if this is good for you, then hang in. If this is good for you, keep on working. Get yourself one of the many superb dating coaches out there that exist. Um, I don't know all of them. I, I, I met Rabbi, Rabbi Roy, Mr. Roy. I met Rabbi Astrup. These are people who know the malacha. They know how to help someone through a dating relationship that seems to have had promise at some point and then just sort of, you know, fades out, or, or I, I, I think there, you know, I think there are things one can do um, when it comes to proposing. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is you propose, and the guy looks at you and says, "What are you kidding me?" And you feel very bad, and you feel very uh, humiliated. So, so. The option is that in your, in your, either in your hesitation or in your pride or in your kindness to him by dropping him quickly, you're not doing anybody a favor. So I once read something from the Chafetz Chaim, which I valued very, very, very much. The Chafetz Chaim said that one should welcome, um, one should welcome opportunities for being humiliated. He said, and he'll tell you why. Humiliation is very painful. It's as painful as anything more tangible. He said, but here's the bottom line. It's not disease. It's not sickness. It's not death, God forbid. It's not poverty. It's not sorry to one. It's, it's, it's really not nothing. It's nothing. It's just keenly painful. He said, each one of us owes the rebellious loyalty. You know, we, we, each of us owes, oh, 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 oh has, has, kapara for, for chatoim. This is the easiest kind of kapara. I would tell you also, it's, Go for broke. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. Hang in if it's good. Don't say to yourself, we've been schlepping so long, he can't make up his mind. Get advice. Get help. Reverend yeah. Beth, can you insert in here a very important feature that seems mm-hmm. to be um, overlooked? Kaddish mm-hmm. Baruch uh, is making the Shaduchim our role in life and everything, we ch- every choice that we make from the moment we open our eyes in the morning is to do our Hishtadlus and then and do it the best we can and Hashem takes it from there. So how would you apply, uh, how could you speak about that topic um, in, in, in the role of people who have that fear and, and, and understanding that really it could be a test of Amuna because if so long as we, we want and we are both <coughs> serve Hashem, 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 like Hashem, takes it from there for us, right? Can you can you build on that? I am going to say something that you're not going to use because it's going exactly against everything you just said to me. But here's, okay. you know, I teach a, I teach a fa- I teach a family living class to twelfth graders. You know, I never use the word bashert. I never use the word bashert. Ask me now, in retrospect, after fifty years of marriage to my husband, if to me it looks totally and absolutely bashert. Ask me if I see that same sense of unity, bondedness, oneness among my friends who have had long marriages. Absolutely. But going in, going forward, I would never use that term. I've always been. I've always found it. Shall I say amusing? 
amusing the extent to which, with all the talk of Bashert, Chazal, and Halacha, seem to take very seriously the act of pursuing, of, of pursuing the, the spouse you want. Um, one of the Shabbos mirrors talks about Lishadech Habanos. Now, Lishadech Habanos also means talking monetary and financial arrangements. That's a perfectly legitimate Shabbos activity. Take a look at, uh, at Birchas HaChodesh, at Benching Rosh Chodesh. Take a look at the Benching Rosh Chodesh. We ask for everything. We don't seem to ask for Shaduchim. It seems to me that Rabbi Shalayim really does count on us to figure this one out for ourselves. Can we talk about Basher? Can we talk about Hashem's hand in it? We sure can, after the fact. But to use it as a kind of a, well, if the Rebbeinu Shalom wanted this to work out, it would work out. I don't know. I don't know. There is a lot of, there's, there, are, there, are, there are a lot of cases which don't come to mind right away where, you know, speak for yourself, John. Speak up and take action. You know, Shemayakadmena Acher. You have to act quickly, lest someone else, lest someone else, you know, uh, perceives you. Now, I, I, I will grant you that all of this, all of these directives have been given to men as the natural initiator of the relationship. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my chance here and say that in the world in which we live, I think that when you have reason to believe that this is a desirable relationship from his side as well as yours, but it's dying slowly on the vine because no one is taking action, take action. Do something. Say something. And again, it may be that you really could use the help of a sympathetic, wise professional who can hold your hand through a series of conversations. But again, I, I, remember, I remember what motivated me to propose to my husband. I was of a certain age. I was in my mid-20s. I had gone out on a lot of dates with a lot of people, and I was just very tired. I was very, very, very tired. And this looked good on paper. It made sense. It was a shirach that had been read by a number of people. And essentially what I thought to myself was, oh, what the heck? I'm not, I'm not letting this go any longer. Yeah, yeah, nay, nay. And Baruch Hashem, it, it, you know, it, 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 it got where it had to get. Ask me now if it was by shirach. I'll tell you, absolutely, absolutely. Ask me if my husband, the man I was dating at that point, could have gotten himself across the finish line. I'm not sure. And he's not sure. So that's, you know, so that's my take. That's, I once went to a Sheva Brachis where I knew behind the scenes that the machinations that had gone on on the part of the parents of one of the tzvadim in order to get this shirach off the ground, the appeals that were made, the strings that were pulled, the, the, the contacts that were contacted to finally get the shirach off the ground. And then at the shirach, one of the guests who was invited to speak spoke, I suppose that the parish was probably, it was probably a chayesara or vayetze, it was a parish of one of the others at the Be'er, and the Torah was, since the air is a natural spring of water that rises naturally, that reminds us that Shaduchim come about naturally through HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will and not through human interaction. I said, so, oh, buddy, either, either you don't know what I know or else you're just selling, you're selling, the, you know, you're selling the line. Yes, it becomes Bashert, and no, don't work from that premise. You work from the premise that everything you can do and your, and your pride is absolutely not part of the cheshben. All you have to do is lose pride. Who knows? The, the man you're dating, the man you're going out with, all the women you're going out with, is 
not, she's not going around and sharing this with the world. You trusted her enough for all of these weeks of building a relationship, all of these months. She's not going around and blabbing and saying, and guess what happened to me? So, you know, go for it, really. If it arises, go for it. In terms of the bigger problem, which I am aware of and I don't have anything wise to say, the bigger problem of, the bigger problem of, but there's nobody out there, but I haven't had dates in a very, very long time. My heart breaks for you. My heart aches for you. The only thing I would tell some people is the compromise you will feel comfortable making in two years from now, make two years earlier. I would never marry a divorcee. I would never marry a man from that culture. I would never marry a man who's shorter, heavier, or bolder. I would never marry a man who has a family. I don't know what the compromises are. But if the essential person is one that you like and that you respect, then, and this is eventually when I am needy enough, and if I can't find what I want, I will be willing to marry him, at that point your choices will be different. And that's something else that I've seen and I feel strongly about. You've got to be willing to take the plunge. And people around you who love you will not say, wow, after all this time, that's who she married? They will say, he is so special if she chose him. Wow, isn't she smart? She is so smart. And he is so lucky. And again, those are some of the things. These are things I've been thinking about for a very, very long time. Frankly, I don't know if I have any validity in this world. I feel very inadequate to the realities of this world. So many of the conversations are conversations I don't know anything about. They have nothing to do with my, with my experience or the experience I've had with my own children. Um, but if there's anything I've said that you find helpful and I would hope comforting, then I am happy to have been able to have this opportunity to talk to you. I was impressed before I, I uh, stopped the meeting. Can you put in some something about partners in Shadokhan? Um, the Wall Street Journal just had an article just a few days ago about very, very um, specific kinds of dating sites um, for vegans and vegetarians, for pet lovers, um, and more specific than that. We have a built-in natural affinity community with other Torah committed Jews, and we have our own website, and it's called Partners in Shaduchim. Every effort has been made to ensure the tzniyas and the covet of the people involved in this, and there's just not enough people taking advantage of it. We have to overcome a kind of discomfort about it, whether for purposes of tzniyas or for purposes of, uh, what shall I say, of dignity or of honor. There's a whole world out there that is living off of websites in order to find the one person, the partner and the spouse. We have it here. And it's been given an enormous amount of thought and planning. One can, one can enroll oneself. One can create a bio for someone whom one knows. The process of choosing is always, there's always a, 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 a distance so that it's not, it's not the kind of automatic and, and uh, dishonorable, I would say, and, and you know, um, you know, swipe left, swipe right. There's nothing, there's nothing of that. And the more people that, the more people that put uh, profiles up on partners in Shaduchim, the larger the base, 
and you know, the more people who access it in privacy, and frankly, gentlemen, the more men who put their profiles on up there, the better their chance is that you and someone else may find somebody that, that's of interest to you. Um, the, the non-Jewish world, the non-Jewish world has no problems. The non-Jewish world is doing this left, right, and center. The modern Orthodox world has fewer problems with this. But I think that sometimes the Torah committed world, look, this is this is a myla that in this one case may be a bit of a chaser. And the myla is that we are tznuim. The myla is that we treat shidduchim with dignity and with formality uh, and with seriousness. And that is all, all to the good. But the chaser over here is that we're less willing than we should be to take advantage of a site like Partners in Shidduchim, which offers so, which opens up the world of possibilities in such a lovely and respectful way. Thank you very much, Webberton Press, for your time today. Thanks for listening to Think Smart, Act Smart with me, Mrs. Bailey Yanez, founder of Partners in Shidduchim, and our guest this week, Webberton Zlata Press, principal of Benoslea Prosper Park High School in Brooklyn. I hope you gained and enjoyed from her wise, direct, and matter-of-fact approach to dating. Reach out to us at partnersinshaduchim.com if you have any questions. And as always, you can head over to www.partnersinshaduchim.com to sign up as a member, as well as check out all the links and resources listed on the site. That's all for this week's episode, and wishing all of you a kasiva v'chasima tova.